At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And we do have a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Good to be joined by Steve Gardner. He does a great job over there at USA Today. Does a lot of their MLB fantasy work. Does a great job of taking a look at the game of baseball in general. So in the second segment, we're going to be chatting with him about what he's all noticed this season. Some of the teams that have been able to surprise him in a good slash bad way. We're also going to be taking a look at some of the matchups that we're going to be getting this week. Some of the big ones. He's also going to be talking about a team that has been a big disappointment, but a team that has a very good starter that they've been able to unearth that is going to be going on Tuesday as well. So we're going to have some fun with that in the second segment. Also talk about what has led to such low-scoring games as well. So we're going to dive into that conversation. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline and the other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. Saw a nice blend of overs and unders yesterday, and we saw a big giant gas canning in the ninth inning. So let's dive into that, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Chicago White Sox entered into the ninth inning with a 
Five game winning streak up six runs and they blew it. If you're looking for a way to kill a win streak, there it is. And I must admit, you can't put it all on the pitching because there were four fielding errors for the Chicago White Sox. I've been asked by some of you guys, do you wind up taking fielding errors into account? And I always say that it's hard to quantify, but with the Chicago White Sox, it does have to affect their lines a little bit because, boy, Tim Anderson has nine errors all by himself right now. That's absolutely tremendous. And then Gavin Sheets had such a bad error that there was an S-bomb thrown out there on air. So that was great as Michael Kopech. The guy is a 0.93 ERA and he's got as many wins as myself. He goes six innings giving up one unearned run via that Sheets error. He was terrific. You then wind up having Joe Kelly wind up giving you a scoreless inning. Mason Foster does wind up giving up a run in an inning. And then you wind up seeing the unearned run start as Tanner Bakes comes in. He gets to us. Gives out four runs, one of which was earned. And then Liam Hendricks, he does wind up giving up two earned runs, including a grand slam to Josh Naylor. Winds up getting a start of the season. And then he would go deep off of Ryan Burr in the 11th inning for his fourth home run season as Burr. Boy, was he chilly. He gave up three runs to Overtoward, including that home run. Rinaldo Lopez comes in. He gives up the unearned run that starts on second base in the 10th inning. Liam Hendricks, another rough go of it for him. I'm sorry. I know that many people were mad that I called him overrated. Not saying he's a bummer or anything, but many people I consider him like a top three closer. Many people I consider him dominant. I beg to disagree as he's got a 287 ERA with nine blown saves in a year plus in Chicago. Meanwhile, Zach Plesak... Not the start you were looking for out of him. Six and a third innings. Gives up five runs, four of which were earned, including a home run that was hit by Gavin Sheets. His second home run season, A.J. Pollock, would go deep off of Anthony Goose. His first home run of the season as Goose winds giving up three runs, two of which were earned in an inning. You do wind up having Nick Sandlin give you a scoreless inning. Emmanuel Classe gives up the unearned run in the 10th inning, but stranded the base is loaded. And then Trevor Steven, he was able to get the save in the 11th inning with a scoreless inning. And Daniel De Los Santos gave you a of outside the bullpen as well as the Guardians. Now 15 and 14, they've been able to get on a little bit of a run as it's a bunch of which things were not looking so good when they wound up having that series out there in Los Angeles, but that said, it's a Cleveland Guardians team that all of a sudden may be able to run off a little bit of a streak. I believe that they are now 5-1 and one in their last six games. A team that has been doing a very good job this season, and we're going to talk about them a little bit more with Steve Gardner. That would be the Angels. They take down the Tampa Bay Rays by a count of 11-3. Jeffrey Springs, it seems, is being stretched out as a starter, and I don't know if I necessarily like it. Gives up three runs over the course of four innings, including Homer. For the LA Angels, it was a lot of derby ball in this one. As Jared Walsh gets his sixth home run season, Joey Otani, who's been having a little bit of a cold season thus far, he gets two home runs off the bullpen, his fifth and sixth of the campaign, and then Jalen Beeks winds up giving one up to Mike Trout, his seventh home run season. Beeks winds up giving up a pair of bombs, three runs in total over the course of two innings, and then you wind up having Kelvin Fochner. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. F-A-U-C-H-E-R. I think I put an N in there, so... Fotcher. Hopefully we got that one correctly because I'm sort of thinking that this might sound like an inappropriate word if I say it wrong, but five runs given up in an inning by him. Matt Weisler was able to hold down the 40. He was able to get a scoreless inning, but for the LA Angels, they wound up holding down the Rays as they went one of 16 with men in scoring position. Randy Arozarena does wind up getting his first home run season off of Noah Thor Syndergaard, and that's all that Syndergaard would give up. Winds up giving up one run over the course of five and a third innings, stranding quite a few men on base. Ryan Tabera gives up a run in one and a third innings. Aaron Loop gives you an out of the bullpen, and then Jimmy Ergo and Kyle Bearclaw come in with scoreless eighth and ninth innings. The Chicago Cubs fresh off of Sunday Night Baseball, and this 
is the third win for a team coming off of Sunday Night Baseball all season long. I believe that they are now 3-7 and seven overall. And we're going to get to the other team that played on Sunday Night Baseball. They were a team that did not wind up bringing it. They win 6-0 against the San Diego Padres. As you wound up having Kyle Hendricks look tremendous. A little bit of an unexpected start as this was supposed to be Justin Seals' start before he got moved up to Sunday. Eight and two-thirds hang scoreless. Scott Efrost winds up getting the final out of the game. And the San Diego Padres just nothing doing in this one as you did wind up having Mackenzie Gore give up three runs over the course of five innings. No home runs or not even a lot of extra base hits or anything like that. Just a lot of small ball in general by the Cubs. Craig Salmon gives up an unearned run over the course of two innings. And Nelson Lament just should not be out there in the bullpen. He is not in his proper role. Gives up two runs in an inning. And then Ray Kerr winds up giving you a scoreless inning. And then the other team that wanted partaking in Sunday Night Baseball, that'd be the LA Dodgers. Call them Hickory because they wound up getting smoked on Monday. 5-1, to one, the Pittsburgh Pirates walk the plank to a win as Julio Arias. He winds up giving up two runs in six innings, but it was a whole heck of a lot more hairy than that as he wound up giving up 11 hits and the Pirates wind up going just one of eight with Ben in scoring position, but they were able to get things going late as the first home run of the season for Jack Swinski was able to be a big difference maker. His first of the campaign that comes off of Robbie Erlin, and then you wind up having Mr. Michael Perez wind up being able to get a second home run season. That comes off of Mr. Urias, the man that gave up that home run to Swinski. Robbie Erlin gives up two runs in an inning, and Phil Brickford, he gives up a run in an inning as well. But the Dodgers, they strand nine men on base. Jose Quitana was terrific. Does give up four walks, but six innings of scoreless baseball. David Bernard gives up a run in an inning, but Anthony Banda will crow. They combine to be able to give you two scoreless, so the Pirates has a $2 underdog. They wind up being able to get it done. The Cincinnati Reds had in their first 29 days of the regular season, three wins. Days, not games. They've won three games in the last three days as they take down the Milwaukee Brewers by kind of 10 to 5. Brandon Woodruff's rough year continues. Four and a third innings. He gives up six runs, five of which were earned. And he now has a 597 ERA as he wound up allowing a pair of jacks in this one. As Brandon Drury goes deep off of him. Sixth home run season. Kyle Moran is able to get his third of the season. Then Kyle Farmer winds up getting his first home run season. That comes off of Holby Milner. Milner did not wind up having a great night. Got four outs, but gave up three runs, including that homer. John Del Gustave gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning. Trevor Gott and Brad Boxberger combined for five outs without giving up a run. And for the Brewers, they do go three of seven with Ben in scoring position. Luis Castillo winds up making his first start of the season, giving up three runs in four and two-thirds innings, including home run to Omar Narvaez. Second home run season. Bullpen was able to do their job from there. Luis Hesse gives up two runs in an inning, but... Alexis Diaz, that's a 0-64 ERA. Gets four outside the bullpen without giving up anything. Jeff Hoffman along with Joel Kuno were both able to give you scoreless innings as well. You wind up having a lot of scorelessness out there in New York as the Rangers get shut up by the Yankees by kind of 1-0. to zero. Just two hits for the Rangers as you wind up having Nestor Cortez take a no-hit bid into the eighth inning. He gives up one in and seven and a third, punching out 11. He has been tremendous this year. You wind up having Clay Holmes from there give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen or roll to Shaman. Does wind up giving up a hit, but he's able to get a save for himself and for the New York Yankees. Anthony Rizzo with the lone RBI in this one as he was able to drive in a run via a double in the eighth inning as for Texas. They wound up getting a Pretty solid start out of John Gray. Four and a third inning scoreless, and then you wind up getting two and two-thirds scoreless out of Brock Burke. It was Brett Martin 
who gave up a run in his inning of work. So that winds up being able to get it done for the New York Yankees, who have been doing an absolutely tremendous job of holding teams down. They have not allowed a single team to get past four runs in a game since you have to go all the way back to that Orioles series in the end of April. So they have been very impressive with the pitching from that front. The Orioles, speaking of them, they wind up taking down the Kansas City Royals by kind of 6-1. DK Nation play of the day was the Royals, and this just wound up going down in a fiery heat as one Carlos Hernandez. Six runs given up in four and two-thirds innings, and those of you guys with the over, it was... 6-1 at the end of the fifth inning, and it ended 6-1, so that was brutal on 7.5. You wound up having Tyler Wells give a very good start here for the Baltimore Orioles, giving up one run over the course of six innings. Felix Batista, Ore Lopez, they both give you a scoreless inning, and then Paul Fry and Joey Kreeble. They were able to combine for a scoreless inning as for the Royals. Bullpen of their own was relatively solid. Ronald Balanos, two scoreless innings. I think they've used him as a starter. Wouldn't be surprised if he winds up getting a start at some point this year in Amir Garrett. He was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless as well. Speaking of scorelessness, that's what we wound up seeing out there in Detroit. The Oakland A's wind up getting the job done against the Detroit Tigers. Soon as here, Isaiah have now scored. The A's have three runs or fewer in 13 out of their last 16 games as Tony Kemp, it will get a home run off of Michael Pineda, who wasn't necessarily Michael Pineda in this one first of the season. Gives up two runs in six and two-thirds innings, so I mean, not a bad start from Pineda, but nobody on the Tigers did anything. Andrew Chafin gave you a pair in out out of the bullpen. Ronnie Garcia, two scoreless innings, but for the Oakland A's, Paul Blackburn walked the plank to six and two-thirds innings scoreless. Zach Jackson was able to give you four outside the bullpen, and then Danny Jimenez able to close the door as for the Detroit Tigers. They went 0-3 with men in scoring position, so it's not even like they wound up having a lot of opportunity. So that was a under and a victory. The Arizona Diamondbacks now 14-2 to the under at home this season. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I believe that they are now 9-3 in their last 12 games. 4-3. They take down the Miami Marlins as Humberto Castellanos not necessarily the start you were looking for. Three runs given up in five and a third innings, including Garrett Cooper going deep off of him, second home run season, but bullpen did their part. Kyle Nelson, Ian Kennedy, Mark Melanson all give you a scoreless inning in for Melanson. He gets a save as Noah Ramirez. Also, he will give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen and always love this. We have the Marte Parte going on. Quitel Marte winds up going deep off of Eliezer Hernandez. The second home run season for Hernandez. Winds up going five and a third innings, giving up four runs, three of which were earned, so that was a little bit rough for him. And then you did wind up having Tanner Scott give you a scoreless setting and Tommy Nance. That's a name we haven't seen in a while. He got five outs without giving up anything out of the bullpen. So the Arizona Diamondbacks able to get a nice win. The Philadelphia Phillies, who it's been a rough start to the year for them. They take down the Seattle Mariners by a count of 9-0 for the Philadelphia Phillies. They entered into this one, I believe, 1-5 and five in their last six games. But they're able to get online here as Chris Flexen. He was not flexing his muscle as he winds up giving up six runs over the course of five innings, including a pair of jacks. Gene Segura, fourth home run season. Reese Hoskins is third as Ranger Suarez. It had been a little bit of a rough start to the year for him, but a lot of that was due to bad defense. Six scoreless settings he was dealing. You wind up having James Norwood give you an ending out of the bullpen and Francisco Morales. Promising 22-year-old for the Phillies, his major league debut, two innings, no runs given up, and three punch outs. Meanwhile, for the Seattle Mariners, Diego Castillo, it's had a rough year thus far. He gives up three runs and two-thirds of an inning. You do wind up having two and a third scoreless out of Danny Young, and I believe that that was his MLB debut, as Penn Murphy was able to also give you a 
couple outs out of the bullpen without giving up a run. And then the San Francisco Giants wind up taking down the Colorado Rockies in another game that has played over the total for the San Francisco Giants. 8-5 is a final in this one, as I believe that the San Francisco Giants have played just two unders thus far in the month of May, as they wound up being able to get some very good offense out of Mauricio Dubon. Three RBI, including a home run off of Austin Gomber. His second home run season for Gomber. He got Gombered up, giving up five runs over the course of five and a third innings. Robert Stevenson winds up giving up a run while getting two outs out of the bullpen. And then Eshigadu gives up two runs, one of which was earned in his two innings of work. And for the Colorado Rockies, they do go 4 of 11 with men in scoring position. And they did wind up doing a solid job there as one Carlos Rodan winds up getting 12 punch outs over the course of six innings. Two runs in total give it up. Jake McGee is a rough year continues. Gives up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of an inning. 9.64 ERA for men, but Jose Alvarez, Taylor Rogers, they're both able to give you a scoreless inning out of the bullpen. And if you're taking a look at what we're all getting in Major League Baseball right now, it certainly has been quite a few unders. But with that said, if you just need to look at the last seven days in Major League Baseball, Things have turned around a little bit. 39 overs to 41 under. So 51.3% of games have went under in the last seven days. So we have seen the, for lack of a better term, gears turning a little bit with this regard. That has been an under season. 224 unders, 175 overs. That is 56.1% to the under thus far. And favorites have done quite well. 257 at 164 straight up. That is a 61% hit rate. But that said, you've seen 67 of these favorites win by approximately one run. Do not cover the run line. And most of those have on coming at home. As home favorites are currently finding them 166 at 106. So they're ending at 61%. But with that said, home favorites have only covered the run line 113 times. So 53 home favorites have won by approximately one run. That's absolutely ridiculous. So that's what we're all seeing with regards to trends of baseball right now. Now let's talk to Steve Gardner, who does a great job with USA Today, about what we are seeing with regards to some of these totals, why the offense is down, and we're going to take a look at some intriguing series that we've got for this week and some of the teams that have surprised them to the positive and the negative. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of guard that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
<laughs> I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Eason Family Podcast and it is great to be joined by our guest as this man does a great job of covering the game of baseball for USA Today and does a lot on the fantasy baseball side of things as well. I know that many of you guys, you wind up firing in on these games day in and day out. Many of you guys also wind up having a fantasy team as well, and he does a great job of being able to take a look at that scope of things as we've got Steve Gardner on the podcast, doing terrific work over there at USA Today, and you're able to find him on Twitter at Steve, the letter A, and then Gardner all together, and Steve, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. It's a pleasure to be invited. It's great to be able to have you aboard. And Steve, just want to get your thoughts on a little bit of something that we've seen here in the early part of the season to start with, and that's that just teams have not been scoring a lot in general. Now, we've seen a little bit more of an uptick in runs with the first week or so of May. got to figure that temperature is getting a little bit warmer, has something to do with it. Also, the roster is going down from 28 to 26, has had a little bit of a factor as well. But with that said, what have you made out of just the offenses not being able to get going this season? Because I thought that we would see a little bit of a drop in offense with the truncated spring training and everything like that, but this has been a little bit shocking. It sure has. You look at the stats from last April, the overall batting average was about where it is right now. However, I think just the fact that not only are the batting averages down, but the home run rate is down. And I think that's where, you know, when you take away singles and hits and you take away the power, you've really constricted the offense. And I think this is something with a lot of the anecdotal talk about how the baseball is a little bit softer and is not flying as far and Major League Baseball practically admitting that they do want to see fewer home runs. I think it's taking its toll and I don't know that the warmer weather is actually going to solve all of the issues that uh, that hitters are facing right now. It certainly has been a case in which 
the home runs not being there like they have been in the past. That certainly has been hurting a lot of these guys as entering into Monday. Nine was the league lead with regards to home runs. And typically, you wind up seeing a few of these guys be able to get off to a little bit of a hotter start. So that is certainly something of note. And something else of note has been just taking a look at some of these teams and the way some of them have been able to rise up. And the teams I really look at in particular that have been most shocking to me are the ones out there in the National League West. I thought that it was going to be a relatively solid division coming into the season, but going into Monday, every single team in the division was at least one game above 500 with the San Francisco Giants at 16 and 12, tied for fourth place in the division, which I find to be absolutely insane. What have you made out of these teams out there in the National League West? being so good because, I mean, the Dodgers are 19-7 and seven going into Monday and one and a half games clear of everyone else. Yeah, you knew the Dodgers were going to be good. Oh, and yeah. the Giants, after last year's 107-win season, had a lot of the same people coming back. Buster Posey was a big loss for them, but pretty much everybody else back for the Giants. And the Padres, the talent is certainly there, even without Fernando Tatis. Manny Machado's having, you know, an MVP-type season so far in the early going. But I think... What we really did not expect were the Colorado Rockies to be playing, you know, 571 ball right now at 16 and 12, and the Arizona Diamondbacks to be above 500. I think both of those two teams are huge surprises. Colorado, with all the, the turmoil in Trevor Story leaving and signing Chris Bryant, who's who's injured and hasn't really contributed a whole lot to their fast start. And then the Diamondbacks, which, you know, they were criticized everywhere as one of the teams lumped in with, you know, the Orioles and the Reds and the Pirates that were tanking. But yet the Diamondbacks are above 500. I think there's a bit of a mirage there because we have such a relatively small sample. Both the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are negative in terms of run differential. So those hot starts may not last, but the other three teams, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, I think this is going to be a whale of a race all the way through the season. I totally agree with you, as we do have Steve Gardner of ESA Today joining me on the podcast. And speaking of the Diamondbacks, they're right now in the midst of a series with the Miami Marlins, and I do think that that is going to be a really good series as well, because coming into the season, I didn't think that the Miami Marlins were, by any stretch of the imagination, going to be able to win the National League East, and looks like that's not going to be the case, because the New York Metropolitans, they are (laughs) currently tearing it up, they have been off to a tremendous start, you got to feel like the Philadelphia Phillies are going to be able to pick it up a little bit, but I do like what I'm seeing out of them. They've got young Aces Lazardo who's going to be on the mound for them going up against Wiley Veteran and Madison Baumgartner. And I do think that this is going to be a good measuring stick series for both of these teams because these two teams actually wound up doing battle about a week or so ago out there in Miami. And the Diamondbacks wound up sweeping that series. So I'm very curious to see how the Miami Marlins wound up, wind up bouncing back from being swept at home. And on top of that, looking very solid in San Diego, but then blowing that lead on Sunday, I think, is something that's really going to show the medal of a young team. I really like the young pitching on that Marlins squad because Sandy Alcantara is an ace in waiting. In fact, he was a dark horse of mine for the NL Cy Young this year. I like him that much. You mentioned Lizardo, you know, hasn't really put it all together, but certainly has the tools and has looked great in the minor leagues. Little Lopez has been one of the big surprises this season. You know, one of the, the leaders in ERA in the young season has been outstanding. So you put all those guys together. They have some other youngsters in the um, in their minor league system, some very good arms there. This is a franchise that 
may have, you know, a very bright future, especially when it comes to pitching from this year and going forward, you know, maybe for several years. And another team with a bright future, I think that this is going to be one of the better series that we wind up seeing this week as well. That would be Angels versus Rays. Now, we don't know how the game for Monday wound up going, but going into Monday, the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the best teams on the road in all of baseball, nine and four. It's going to be Reed Detmers is going to be going for the Angels, a guy that I think that he's got a very bright upside. I think he's a little bit young for being a starting pitcher out there in the big leagues. I think he needs another year or two to develop. Certainly you don't have that with Corey Kluber, old guy in 35, 36 years old who's going to be going for the Tampa Bay Rays. But I think that this is a fascinating series because the question that I had for the Angels coming into the year is that you know if Mike Trout and Shoya Otani are going to be healthy, that these two guys are going to be able to mash. What is everyone else around them going to be able to do? And so far, so good from those ancillary pieces. So I have a couple question marks with regards to the Angels starting pitching, like I said, with Detmers. But I really like the way that guys outside of Otani and Trout I've been playing for the Angels thus far. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing with the Angels is that they've had health concerns for the last several years. What was the stat I read before the season started? That they had Otani, Trout, and Anthony Rendon on the field in the lineup at the same time in like 15 games all of last season. And so far this year, all three of those guys have been healthy. They've gotten Taylor Ward, you know, just coming out of mostly nowhere to be another huge cog in that offense. The pitching has been even better than expected. You know, Noah Syndergaard is another guy. You figure the Angels, a team that has had such huge injury issues, to go out and actually sign Noah Syndergaard, who's also been so terribly injury-prone, especially lately. It seemed like a match, well, can't say in heaven for the Angels, but uh, it was not exactly the opposite, shall we say. And yet it's worked out really well. And Syndergaard has been solid. And so if you can have you know, him come anywhere close to the pitcher that, that he was when he was healthy with the New York Mets then uh, the Angels got themselves a bargain. Yep, I'm right there with you. I've been pleasantly surprised by what we've seen of North Thor Syndergaard and, of course, the team that they're going up against, the Tampa Bay Rays. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. They're doing it with not necessarily a great payroll, with having a couple misfit parts, being able to just meld them together. So it's just the same old, same old for the Tampa Bay Rays at this point as we do have Steve Gardner joining me on the podcast. And things that may not be the same old, same old are some of these teams that are finding themselves towards the top slash the middle of the standings right now in the MLB. Talked about the teams out there in the National League West, how they've been performing. Has there been any teams, whether it be to the positive or the negative, that you take a look at them about a month through the season and you've been surprised by them? I have more negatives than positives, Greg. (laughs) I'll tell you, the Boston Red Sox have been horrid. The offense has been almost non-existent outside of Rafael Devers. And, you know, they are last in the American League East, which is not a great place to be, especially when that's the division with the Baltimore Orioles and they're getting outplayed by Baltimore. In the Central, the Detroit Tigers were a team that I thought was really on the rise to go out and sign Javier Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez. It looked like, you know, this Tigers team with with some really good young prospects adding in those veterans and the AL Central kind of being relatively wide open. I mean, the, the White Sox were, you know, the odds-on favorites for sure, but who else was going to challenge them? We didn't think there was going to be a whole lot of competition preseason, but the Tigers have not stepped up to be one of the worst teams, you know, the fewest wins in the American League 
at this point in the season is just stunning to me. That was a huge disappointment. And for positive surprises, I mean, we talked about the two teams you know, the Rockies and Diamondbacks in the in the NL West. The Angels probably are maybe the biggest surprise for me. Maybe Minnesota, too. The way that the Twins have kind of gone out in that central and kind of taken the bull by the horns, that's been impressive to me. Their pitching staff has been much better than I think a lot of people expected. Getting, you know, some decent starts out of the likes of Dylan Bundy before he got hurt, Chris Paddock, Joe Ryan. I mean, this is definitely, you know, kind of a no-name pitching staff, and uh, they've been able to put things together awfully well. Yep, and then when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, Byron Bucks and just him staying healthy, so critical for that team because among guys not named Mike Trout, he might be the most critical guy to his team in all of baseball. And I'm glad that you want to bring up the Red Sox because it's been a disappointing year for them. They've had one bright spot, though. That'd be Garrett Woodlock. And he's going up against another guy that has been a very pleasant surprise in Kyle Wright of the Atlanta Braves on Tuesday. And I think that this is going to be an intriguing matchup because with Wright for like two, three years, we were thinking, oh, this guy is going to be able to come up. He's going to be solid. I still remember when I was covering Vanderbilt Athletics, he was dominant in college could not wind up taking off for the first few years. He's put it together. He's been getting north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He's been terrific. And then Garrett Woodlock, who was sort of that super reliever for the Boston Red Sox, has come in as a starter, and he's just continued to do what he did out of the bullpen only for more innings. I think that this is going to be a great matchup between two guys that I think for many years to come are going to be very good, solid starters out here in the league. Absolutely. And Whitlock has been a saving grace for Boston because you know the bullpen has been horrible, but yet Whitlock has been able to come in and provide key innings in relief for them. And then, you know, when they have injuries and COVID and everything else racking the starting rotation, they've stretched him out enough to where he can come in and step into that spot in the starting rotation and deliver you know, in both roles equally effectively. Uh, I think that's huge. So I'm really impressed with Whitlock. And we saw a little bit of what he could do last season. Um, I think it was a rule five guy that the Red Sox picked up was just outstanding. And then, yeah, Kyle Wright has been just fantastic. Having that prospect pedigree, you know, a first round pick out of Vanderbilt, but in 2017 and just getting a few games here one season, few games the next season. And then really, I think things took off. Maybe he would say this too, that pitching in the World Series and pitching as well as he did, the follower role, I guess, in game four, where he threw four and a third innings, I believe, of really good ball. I think that kind of pushed him forward. And this year, he's taken it up another step. And and control has been great for him, limiting walks, getting the strikeouts. And actually, he's throwing harder, too. And I think that's one of the big things for him to make sure he can keep that velocity up because he's almost two miles per hour on his fastball over where he was last year. And if he can maintain that, it certainly is a fine weapon in his arsenal. Oh, no question about it. Kyle Wright, for the last few years, just hadn't been able to come to the forefront until you mentioned it. That World Series start and the couple appearances that he wanted making in the postseason took off there, and he has been able to translate it to 2022. But a man that never experiences a fall-off is always firing all cylinders. That'd be you, Steve. You do a great <laughs> job over there at USA Today. I know that you do a great job just taking a look at the game of baseball in general, but I know that you do a great job on the fantasy side of things as well. So let the good people at home know what you're all working on right now and how people can follow along with everything that you do on social media and other platforms. Thanks so much, Greg. 
Greg. You can follow me on the pages of USA Today Sports Weekly, which comes out on Wednesdays throughout the baseball season and actually year-round, but talk more about fantasy baseball during baseball season. So check out my columns there. You can find me online at usatoday.com. You can find me on Twitter at Steve A. Gardner. And I think uh, we're going to look at, in the next column, going to look at some minor leaguers that are on the verge of getting called up because We've seen an awful lot of, of young players come up this year and make a difference. We've got to keep our eyes on the next wave of those prospects. Absolutely. And guys wind up getting called up midseason as well, being able to spot some of those guys that are going to be able to make an impact, whether it just be from a betting perspective of a team that maybe is getting a little bit undervalued or a team that winds up making that postseason run. It always is such a big part of the MLB. And Steve does a great job of being able to take a look at the game of baseball, does a great job on the fantasy side of things. And it was great to be able to get him aboard today. So big thanks to Steve Gardner for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you fix and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game we're now joined by three-time nba six man of the year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to Steve Gardner for joining me. He does a great job over there at USA Today. Doing a lot with regards to taking a look at Major League Baseball. And hey, does a lot with regards to the fantasy side of things as well. As I know that many of you guys that wind up placing bets on these games. I know that many of you guys also have a fantasy team. He does a great job of being able to take a look at things with regards to that aspect as well. So, great to be able to get Steve on today. Big thanks to him. Now it is that time in the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at June at underscore 81. We are going to be going National League games first, then the American League games, and then any interleague games are going to be at the bottom. That's the way rotation order winds up working, so it actually keeps things relatively nice, clean, and easy there. And it is going to be a fun day of baseball, and if I do have any changes, those will also be up on the spreadsheet as well, so we got you guys covered there. As we begin with 901-902 on the betting board, the LA Dodgers hit the road to face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Bryce Wilson is going to be going for the Buckos, and Tony Gonsolin is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. Dodgers are finding themselves anywhere between minus 220 and minus 225. Meanwhile, if you're looking at your plus price with the Buckos, it is anywhere between plus 185 and plus 205 with your total being 8.5. With the 8.5 under, it is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And this is not enough for me to be able to take the plus price with the Pittsburgh Pirates because I need at least a plus 215 to be able to take a shot there. With regards to the run line of the Dodgers, find that anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130, and I was willing to lay up to about a minus 140 to a minus 145. So I'm going to be looking to lay the run and F 
With the LA Dodgers, I recognize that the offense has been a little bit down, but really that's for their standards. Gavin Lux has a 350 on base. Mookie Betts has really been able to pick it up the last week or so. Trey Turner has been able to do a solid job of getting on base. Freddie Freeman hitting well above a 300. He's been able to hit a couple bombs. It's been a little bit of an up and down year for Cody Bellinger, but he's looked better this year than he has last season. And then when it comes to Pittsburgh Pirates, let's call it what it is. You've got some dead bats out there. Jake Marizic, Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Satsugo, some of these Retread veterans have just not been able to take off. Now, Michael Javis has been solid. He's hitting at 250. Brian Reynolds not necessarily hitting for the 300 average like he did last season, but he's been able to lead the team in home runs. Cabrian Ace is hitting above a 300. Whenever Daniel Vogelback's been out there, he's been solid, though he's been a little bit banged up. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, going into Monday, every one of their wins this season have come out of the bullpen, but bullpen's in the bottom eight with regards to ERA. Bo Solzer has been giving up quite a few runs. Heath Embry has been banged up, and he hasn't necessarily been great. Now, David Benar is someone that I do like. I do think that Chris Ryan is going to be able to find it as well. He entered into Monday with right around a 4-7-ish ERA. Anthony Bonda is someone that I do like, but for the Dodgers, last year they were in the top three with regards to bullpen ERA, and these guys are still solid. Craig Kimbrell, Reyes Baranta. These guys are able to do a nice job of being able to hold it down. Phil Bickford has been very underrated and very solid along Danny Hudson, so I do think that you've got some solid pitching in this one, and then you do take a look at Tony Gonsolin, and he's probably going to wind up going right around five innings like he typically does for the Dodgers, but he's been lights out thus far this season. Does need to work on the walks. Nine walks in 22 innings is a little bit high, but does a good job of being able to draw some soft contact. Has only been able to give up one home run this season. Then for Bryce Wilson, he is someone that needs to tone down the walks as well. Nine walks in 19 innings and gets much fewer swings and misses. 19 innings and 16 strikeouts this season is actually relatively solid from, but he has not went past four and a third innings all season long, so that is a bit of an issue. And don't be surprised if you wind up seeing a bit of Dylan Peters as well. Peters and Wilson have been sort of piggybacking off of one another, and Peters up until his last appearance against the Cincinnati Reds on Saturday had yet to give up a run, and then he winds up getting no outs and gives up four runs, so now his ERA is back up to a 2.16. but that said, I do think that this is a spot in which the Dodgers are going to be able to get to the Buccos. I think that this is a Dodgers lineup that is really starting to pick it up, so in this case, I'm willing to lay the minus 125 to a minus 130 with regards to the run line in this spot with the LA Dodgers, and when it comes to the total, I wound up setting it a little bit north of 8, so I'm going to be taking a look at that Dodgers run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as we move on to 903-904 on the betting board. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off with the Cincinnati Reds. We are on the Cincinnati, and they're on to Hunter Green getting the start for them. Meanwhile, Freddie Peralta is going to be getting the ball for the Milwaukee Brewers. Here's a shocker. The Milwaukee Brewers are finding themselves as a sizable favorite. You're finding them as high as minus $2 right now, as low as minus $180. Probably going to rise in the AM, and when it comes to the red legs, you're finding them anywhere to plus 165 and plus 175 with 8 to 8.5 being your total. On the 8.5, unders minus 115, the overs minus 105, and on the 8, overs anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120, unders anywhere between even and minus 105. And if you're looking at the Brewers' run line, since I know that most of you guys are going to be looking at that, minus 120 with the Brewers, and I was willing to lay up to a minus 137. So that'll make things nice, clean, and easy there. I wound up saying the Brewers as a minus 207 on the money line. But I'm going to look to reduce the juice. I'm going to look to take the run line for the Cincinnati Brights, even with being able to win two out of their last three games going into this series. It's been a case of which this has been a team that has been a hot mess. That means that they have been able to win three out of their last 23 games with out of those 20 losses that they suffered. 
18 being by multiple runs entering into the series. It's not been good, and the Brewers have been able to tattoo the Cincinnati Reds all season long. It's why they actually wound up entering into Monday with a top two offense with regards to runs scored in the National League. You've got Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, Rowdy Tellis. I mean, between a 245 to a 255, Willie Adamas has been able to do a solid job with eight home runs. Tellis, he's also got 20 plus RBI. You've got Luis Urias back in the fold. He's inning above a 3 iron from the Cincinnati Reds. Certainly has been a little bit rough for this team. You do have a couple guys that have come into the lineup, like Albert Almora Jr. Matt Reynolds been able to give this team a little bit of pop, and you were able to have Luis Castillo get back out there yesterday for them, so bullpen a little bit better preserved, and well, the good news is the Reds no longer have a starting ERA for their starting pitchers. That's 3.3 points higher than the rest of the league. It's closer to 3 now, so I guess that's a little bit of an accomplishment, but you do take a look at Undergreen. He blows everyone away with his one or mile per hour fastball, but it hasn't resulted in too good a results. I mean, this guy's an 871 ERA. 10 home runs give it up in 20 and two-thirds innings. He just bumps it right down the middle, and guys wind up hitting it and hitting it hard. That's how he faced off against the Brewers. Got eight outs, gave up eight runs, five home runs. I think that he's going to be able to do quite a bit better in this spot, but this is a guy that's very raw. He just does not belong at the big leagues right now. And for Freddie Peralta, he struggled a little bit coming out of the gates this season, wound up dealing with an injury towards back half of last season, but just four runs given up in his last three starts, four walks in that time span as well. The swing and miss stuff starting to come back for him after last year. He wound up having right around 11 punch outs per nine innings. He's got 30 strikeouts in 23 innings thus far this season, so he's been able to come along, and then with the Brewers, you've got Josh Hader, Devin Williams out there in that bullpen along with Brad Boxberger, and for the Reds, this team entered into the series with the worst bullpen array out there in the big leagues. Guys like Hunter Strickland, Art Warren, they've just been used up so much, and the rest of the guys, they're not necessarily too trustworthy, so I do end up saying the Brewers at minus 137 on the run line, so I'm going to be taking a look at that, and with regards to the total, set my total at an 8.2. Coming into the series, the Reds have played 11 out of their last 12 games over the total. The only 8.5 I'm seeing is at DraftKings. I'm out here in Las Vegas. I don't have any access to that, which means that all I've got available to me is an 8, which means I'm taking the 8 over, and I'm going to be taking a look at that Brewers run line. 905-906 on the betting board. The New York Metropolitans are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Washington Nationals. One, Patrick Corbin is going to be going for the Nationals, and right now this is a game that's off the board because the Mets, they have yet to decide on a starter. Last I checked, we were seeing Tyler McGill up on the board, but with that said, currently this is a game that is blank because we don't know if McGill is going to be going or not, but assuming it is McGill versus Corbin, wound up saying the Mets had a minus 153 with the guards being a favorite and this total at an 8.7, so in after less looking over a 9 or higher, going to be taking a look at an under, but if you take a look at Tyler McGill, he's starting to give up a few more runs after his first few starts of the season were rocks on. Nine runs given up over the course of his last four, so it's not like it's anything ghastly bad or anything like that, but he's starting to show that he's a little bit more human. He's been able to do a solid job of not allowing too many guys on base cheaply. He's given up right around 2.1-ish walks per nine innings, a 0.90 whip, so be able to do a good job of being able to control it. And for Patrick Corbin, ever since the beginning of last season, which he wound up picking up miles per hour on his fastball, boy, it has not been going great for him. He has given up at least three runs in all but one of his starts so far this year. A 7-16 ERA, an 0-5 record, and at home, his ERA heightens to an 8-49 
Give it up with regards to walks per nine right around four and a half. He's getting swings and misses, but opponents are in north of a 300 off of him, and this is a New York Mets lineup that it is relatively lethal. As you've got Pete Alonso last year led all of the big leagues with regards to home runs on the road. He's got a 275 average. He's got seven bombs. You've got Francisco Lindor. He's got 325 on base, five home runs for him. Starling Marte of the Marte Parte. Very good base sealer. He's got right around 325 on base. Eduardo Escobar has been able to find a way on. Jeff McNeil sitting above the 300 along with Mark Cannon. And then for the Nationals, they have been able to get online with their bats. In their most recent road trip, they were really able to do a nice job averaging more than five runs per game in that one. And got a couple veterans. They've been able to step up and Cesar Hernandez along with Mikel Franco. Both of these guys sitting in that pocket of about a 280. Juan Soto, he's got a 400 on base and... This is just strange. He's got six home runs and eight RBI, which means at minimum he's hit four solo home runs. I'm pretty sure it's five, so has gotten a lot of guys to be able to drive in with regards to his home runs. Also, Curtis has had a tough time hitting a buck 57, but Kiba Ruiz, he's hitting a 265. Yadiel Hernandez, I have no idea why this guy is not pinging more at bats. He's hitting north of a 350 right now, but this is a Nationals bullpen that is ghastly bad. Last year, Tanner Rainey. At an ERA north of seven, just not a reliable closer for this team. Austin Voth is someone that they're trying to use in long relief. He's got north of a four ERA. Sean Doolittle is currently on the injured list. And for the Mets, they do wind up losing Jurisic Familia, Aaron Loop, and a few others from that bullpen last year. But Jason Shreve, Drew Smith, these guys are able to do a solid job along with Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz. You can be a little bit hit or miss, but that said, I do have quite a bit of faith here in the Mets. I'm willing to set them as a minus 153 favorite, and I think north of a plus 115 on the run line, laying a run and a half with the Mets, I'd be willing to take that. In half or less, looking over 9 or higher, looking under. 907, 908 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs are going to be in the red face off against the Slam Diego Padres. Mike Levenger is going to be going for the pods, and for the Cubs, it was supposed to be Justin Seal, but Justin Seal had to wind up going on Sunday Night Baseball, so currently this is to be determined, and I just wound up putting this as a bullpen game for the Cubs. You may recall last week, they had a game in which Scott Efrost wound up starting, and then it just became the wholesale approach. Maybe you wind up having Keegan Thompson, even though he pitched on Saturday, wind up giving a couple bulk innings here. I think you're going to get something like that, and if we do wind up getting the Cubs bullpen game against the Padres, like I'm thinking we are, Willing to set the Padres at minus 234 on the money line, minus 128 laying run half on that run line. You take a look at Mike Clevenger and his first start out in a very, very long time. Did wind up giving up three runs and four and two-thirds innings against the Cleveland Guardians, but going up against a Cubs team that they just haven't been the same with regards to their offense on the road rather than at home. It is going to be a little bit more favorable to them. Got a Cubs team that now they're hitting 232 as a collective. The Deep balls that were going out at the beginning of the season. They aren't right now. C.A. Suzuki has not hit a home run in over two weeks. He's currently got a 361 on base, so he's been solid there. And Wilson Contreras has a similar 360 on base. All these guys have been able to do. I saw a job with their average. C.A. Suzuki, 245. Wilson Contreras, 255. E.N.F. 265, but that said, the offense has really taken a little bit of a nosedive recently. Nick Madrigal, along with Frank Schwindel, both hitting right around 210. Rafael Ortega, Jason Award. These guys have not been able to find much out there in the outfield. And for the San Diego Padres, a Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer might be the best one-two bunch of baseball right now when it comes to lineup. I don't know if when it's all said and done they're going to be, but Hosmer is sitting at 350 with 18 RBI. Machado has seven bombs. He's hitting at 385. These guys have been terrific now. Drickson Profar, Trent Grisham, a lot of these guys out there in the outfield not be able to hold up their end of the bargain. These two, along with Awesome Kim, you're able to throw in there. Austin Supernola, Will Myers are all hitting a 220 or lower. CJ Abrams 
He's had a little bit of a rough go of it to begin the season, but you've also got a Padres bullpen that has been nails for the team. Craig Salmon is still able to do a very solid job for the team. Taylor Rogers has been a good pickup to both Chris, but if needed, is able to give you multiple innings, and you just don't wind up having that with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you've got a couple decent arms like a Michael Givens. is someone who's a veteran that you're able to trust him, but having to do this for a full nine innings, like it looks like the Cubs are going to need to, just not a spot where you want to be. Very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in San Diego, but do you mind saying my total at a 7.8? So at a 7.5 for less, I'm going to be looking over. Eight or higher, going to be looking at the under end. In all likelihood, if I'm able to get a minus 125 or less on the San Diego Padres laying run and a half, we're going to be taking that run line. 909-9 dead on the betting board. The Miami Marlins hit the road faceoff against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Asus Lazardo is going to be going for the Fishies and Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner. On the bump for Arizona, Diamondbacks find themselves anywhere between plus 125 and plus 130 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Fish, it's anywhere between minus 136 and minus 145 with 8 being your total. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Anything north of a plus 120 was willing to take a shot here on the Diamondbacks. I do like the way that Asus Lazardo has been able to shove this year. He's looked very good for the team as in 26 and a third innings, 35 punch outs, but he still gives up north of four walks per nine innings, can give up a little bit too much hard contact. And for Madison Baumgartner, due to the fact that he was ejected while getting, we're going to call it what it is, a little bit of a hand massage a few days ago, he should be very fresh as he has thus far this season been absolutely amazing. A buck 50 ERA across the six starts. He has given up three home runs at 24 innings and walks for him right around four walks per nine innings. That is a little bit suspect, but he's going up against a Miami Marlins lineup that it's not necessarily too amazing. And it is a case in which you are seeing some of these guys rise up a little bit like Ore Soler, who you figured was going to be able to have a relatively solid year for the team. That has been good to see, but he, Jacob Sellings of VCO Garcia, Miguel Rojas, all of them are hitting a buck 85 or lower, and then you have had Asus Aguiar be able to get on base right around 350 on base for the seam was one of the top RBI getters out there in the National League last season. Jazz Chislam, five home runs, 21 RBI has been solid. You've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Asus Sanchez, but it looks like he should be good to go in this game as well. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and this is the worst team with regards batting average out there in all baseball entering into their game on. Monday, you did wind up having just two guys hitting above a 250 in the starting lineup, but you've had Dalton Varsho along Christian Walker both be able to give you six home runs. David Peralta, he's up to four bombs for this team. Joshua Ross is now back at the fold for this team, and I think that you might have a little bit of something in their young center fielder in Alec Thomas. He's a young 22-year-old, just got called up to the big leagues. I think that he can give this team a little bit of a spark now with the Diamondbacks. Certainly not a great bullpen for this team. Mark Melanson has been Far from terrific for them, but you've had Ian Kennedy and Joe Manatipoli be able to do a nice job in the back half with Manatipoli entering into Monday with right around a one-ish ERA, so that has been good. And then you take a look at the Miami Marlins, and you've got the Anthony's. Anthony Bass, Anthony Bender, both being able to do a solid job for this team. You wind up bringing in Cole Souls or Stephen O'Kurt, guys that have been able to really do a good job of holding down the fort. Cody Poteet has a sub-one ERA out there in the bullpen, but that said, you've also had a couple guys like Richard Blyer be a little bit more shaky in the back half of games as well, so I do think that this 
this is a little bit too lofty for the Miami Marlins, especially being on the road. I'm willing to take north of a plus 120 here with the Diamondbacks. I think that you're going to get another low-scoring game. Diamondbacks came into this series very hot with regards to the under, and I think that that's going to continue with the way that they pitch and the way that they don't wind up getting on base. So, so my total is 7.1, looking under, and going to be taking a plus price here with Arizona. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants are going to be playing host to the Colorado Rockies. Antonio Sanzatella is going to be going for the Rockies, and Alex Wood is going to be on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are finding themselves in between minus 175 and minus 190 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Rockies, it's anywhere between plus 165 and plus 172, with your total being a 7. With the 7 overs, anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The unders, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And I needed at least a plus 170 to take a shot here on the Rockies, but we have now gotten to that plus 170, so we are going to be willing to. You take a look at Antonio Sensatella, and throughout his career, he's always been a little bit more solid at home than he has been on the road. As a matter of fact, you go back last season, his ERA was a full point lower at home than it was on the road, but this guy does a good job of being able to limit our contact. 156 and two-thirds innings last season, gave up just 12 home runs, and he's not going to put guys on cheaply over the last two seasons. He's given up right around two blocks per nine innings, and for Alex Wood, a little bit of shakiness with him. He's given up a combined eight runs and ten and a third innings in his last two starts. Has certainly given up the deep ball this year. Four home runs given up in 24 and two-thirds innings. Now, I will say, with the Colorado Rockies, always want to be noting home and road splits with regards to their offense, because this is a Colorado Rockies team that, as a collective, they're inning about 50 points lower on the road than they are at home. Someone like a Connor Joe, who hits above a 300 at home on the road. He's been inning more around a 200. CJ Crowan among his nine home runs. Seven of them have been at home. But you do have Randall Gritchick, who winds up coming over in the offseason. He's been able to hit relatively solidly on the road. Same goes for Jose Iglesias. So these new guys have been able to do a solid job, even with the former Giant and Chris Bryant being on the fold. And for the San Francisco Giants, reinforcements are on the way for this team, as they were a little bit banged up to begin the season. But now you've got someone like an Austin Slater is now back to the fold, hitting above a 250. Jack Peterson has been in and out of the fold, but he's been able to give the team six home runs. Mike Ustremski was limited a little bit towards the beginning of the season. He's in at 295, but you don't necessarily have the same pop that the team wound up having a season go in. What really made the San Francisco Giants great last year was that they wound up having a bullpen ERA that was sub-3, which they were the only sub-3 bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. This year, some of these guys have had a little bit of a tougher go of it, as you've had Jake McGee post up an ERA that is north of a 5, which has certainly been an issue for this team. Tyler Beatty in long relief has not been able to get the job done. You've had guys like Dominique Leon, Zach Liddell be a little bit banged up. Now they should be back in the full. John Breba has been good out there in the bullpen for this team as well. But for the Colorado Rockies, even though the bullpen is far from impressive, you've been able to have Daniel Bard do a better job for this team. You bring in Alex Calme. He's a little bit of an upgrade for them. Carlos Aceves has certainly been up and down, but even something like Robert Stevenson is able to come in. He's able to give you a couple solid innings. It's always been relatively solid on the road along with Tyler Kinley. So I do take a look at this spot and I think that the Giants should be a favorite, but I think that this has went up a little bit too lofty and I did wind up saying my total at an eight as the Giants bullpen has been much more hittable this year than in past years. So I'm going to be taking a look at this seven over and I'm going to be willing to take a plus price here with Colorado. We move on to 9-13, 9-14, which will be in conjecture with 9-15, 9-16 as you've got a double dip between the Detroit Tigers and the Oakland A's. Very strange on this one as Game number one, Oakland's going to be the home team, even though this is taking place in Detroit, as Tariq Skubal is going to be going for the Tigers, and one, Frankie Montas, is going to be technically the home pitcher in Detroit 
for the Oakland A's. And, well, the technical road team of the Tigers are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 109 and a minus 120 favorite. The A's are finding themselves anywhere between even money and plus 105. Game number two currently does not have numbers on it for the Oakland A's. They've got a to-be-determined starter. I wanted putting it as a bullpen game as of right now. And Alex Fado is going to be going for the Tigers. In the case of Scoobo versus Montas, even though Scoobo is very technically the road pitcher in this one, did wind up saying the Tigers as a minus 127 favor, which I still can't believe I'm having to do this, where the Detroit Tigers are on the road inside of their own ballpark, and there's not, like, social distancing going on. This is very strange, but for Scoobo, he's been able to do a good job of being able to limit the hard contact. Last year, wanted giving up right around two home runs per nine innings. This year, he's given up just two home runs at 26 and two-thirds innings, so he's been able to do a nice job reeling it in, being able to hold down the Ford end, what has been really impressive, the walks. Three walks in 26 and two-thirds innings. Meanwhile, you take a look at Frankie Montas, and what I do like about him is that, take a look at his home and road splits, and he doesn't really have that demonstrative of home and road splits. His ERA was pretty much even during the 2021 season home and road. Now, in 2020, he wound up having a relatively large divide there, but this is a guy that throughout his career, oftentimes, has been performed nearly as well on the road as he has at home, 344 ERA. Has given up four home runs in 36 and two-thirds innings, but it's getting a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings, not putting guys on cheaply. The big thing that you've got with the Oakland A's, though, is that going into Monday, this team had scored three runs or fewer in 13 out of their last 16 games. This has been a hot mess of a lineup. You take a look at what they wanted trotting out there on Monday, and you just didn't wind up having much. You wound up having two guys in the starting lineup that began the game with a batting average above a 220. I mean, how are you supposed to do anything with Elvis Andrews, along with, like, Kevin Smith? You're able to throw in there. Sean Murphy, these guys hitting a 220 or lower. Luis Barea, I think, is going to be able to give you a little bit of something. And Sheldon Noisy has been able to do above a 300, but you really just don't have a lot with regards to this lineup. And then for the Detroit Tigers, they wound up entering into Monday with a few home runs out there in the big leagues. But at the very least, you've got guys who are able to get on base. Derek Hill, Tucker Barnard, Robbie Grossman, along with Miguel Cabrera, wound up entering in with a batting average between a 250 and a 263. Now, Jimmy Candelario, Spencer Torkelson, Jonathan Scope, these guys hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 is a little bit of an issue, but the Tigers entering into last week and had the number one bullpen area out there in the big leagues with guys like Gregory Soto, Will Best being able to do a good job of being able to hold it down, Andrew Chafin. It's been able to give you some solid innings as well. And for the Oakland A's, not a bad bullpen to any menace as we do a solid job for the team, but Adam Clarerick has been a little bit all over the place for this team. AJ Puck, I really like his upside. He's got a sub one ERA. Domingo Acevedo, though, he's a little bit all over the place. And I mean, when it comes to game number two, I wouldn't be surprised if you do wind up seeing bulk innings from AJ Puck, someone who came up and he was able to give a lot of length when it came to his minor league level, wanted making a couple of starts. So he is someone that you've got to figure is going to be a little bit of a candidate for seeing some bulk innings in this spot. You could wind up going with even someone like a Justin Grimm to be able to give you a few innings. Domingo Azevedo, I know that he's went north of an inning a few times this season, so it's going to be a little bit of mixing and matching when it comes to game number two, because in game number one, I'm actually going to be taking a look at what we've got right now with the six and a half, and right now you're finding that juice anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125, and if we wind up getting back to a seven, which was the opener, I'd be looking at an under. At six and a half, I'm looking over, would like to see a little bit of reduction of the juice, but in game number two, with Fado versus the A's bullpen, I did wind up saying the total added 8.2, because you do have a guy in Fiedo who he actually looked relatively solid in his first career start, wanted coming out and 
gave up two runs over the course of five innings, was able to get quite a few punch outs. Someone with some good stuff, someone who is uh, having a relatively solid frame, a nice fastball. And so with him going up against what I'm thinking right now is going to be a bullpen game, they wind up setting him at a minus 130, made that total an 8.2, so an 8 or less looking over 8.5 or higher. Going to be taking a look at an under end with Scubo willing to lay up to a minus 127 with him. So going to be looking there. On the 6.5, I'm going to be looking at an over. But like I said, the opener was 7. So I'm going to be gauging this because right now the Jews very heavily on the 6.5 over right now. But with that said, 6.5 would be looking over. 7 would be looking under. Imantas versus Scubo and willing to lay up to minus 127 with Scubo. 9.17.9.18 on the bang board. The Toronto Blue Jays. They're going to be in the road and they're going to be facing off against the New York Yankees. Luis Severino is going to be going for the Yankees, and Yusei Kikuchi is going to be on the bump for the Jays. The Jays are finding themselves in between a plus 130 and plus 137 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Bronx Bombers, you're going to be finding them as high as a minus 150, as good as a minus 145, with 7 being your total. The over is minus 120, and the under is even seeing a 7.5 out there at DraftKings as well. That under is minus 125, and the over is plus 105, and this is a spot in which I do wind up saying the Yankees as a minus 157 favorite. And if you are taking a look at the run line right now with the Yankees, find that anywhere between a plus 135 to a plus 145 I see a little bit of an edge with regards to the run line. I needed at least a plus 130 to be able to nibble there, but I would rather lay about a minus 145 here on the money line because I do think that there's a good possibility that we wind up seeing this land on one. We've seen it with quite a few home favorites this season, and Luis Severino, he is one of the lesser trustworthy guys for the New York Yankees. has given up a combined eight runs, seven of which were earned in his last two starts, so that is a little bit of an issue, even though the team has won every one of his starts by multiple runs. You just never know when things are going to get a little bit airy. He's been able to do a good job of limiting the walks. Seven walks in 24 innings, swing and miss stuff. 23 strikeouts is down a little bit, but still relatively solid. And then you do take a look at Yusei Kikuchi, and for much of the season, has struggled a little bit, but you take a look at his last start against the Yankees, wound up giving up one solo run over the course of six innings. Looked very good in that start. Has been giving up some bombs. Four home runs given up in 20 and two-thirds innings. But swing and miss stuff is there. And I do think that the 14 walks in 20 and two-thirds innings is going to be able to correct that quite a bit. And this is a Blue Jays lineup that it is very lethal. As you've got Flyer Guerrero Jr. hitting around 285. Seven home runs. Not quite what he wanted doing last season, but still relatively solid. George Springer, he's been able to hit right around at 285. He's starting to pick it up. Boba Shett, Lourdes Gurriel, both hitting at 240. I do expect positive progression. With regards to these gentlemen, the bottom of the lineup has been a little bit tough, a lot of it, because the Oscar Hernandez has been out of the fold, but he's getting healthier, and then you take a look at the New York Yankees, and you do have Anthony Rizzo along with Aaron Judge. Both of these guys have given you nine home runs apiece, and it's absolutely massive for this team. Jordan Carlos saying six home runs, hitting at 250. He's been able to do a solid job. Isaiah Canera-Falefa hitting at 275. DJ LeMayu hitting at 280. It's just full of mashers, and the reason why I do want to take a look at the Yankees just being on the money line in general is because both of these bullpens aren't necessarily too bad with the Yankees having a leg up here because you take a look at Chad Green and he has been lights out for this team. As a matter of fact, the New York Yankees, they're in the top three of the big leagues with regards to bullpen ERA other than that rough series that Jonathan Weisga had against 
Reds, the Baltimore Orioles, Darnier, all these guys have been solid. Aroldis Chapman has not given up an earn run, though. Things have been a little bit airy, but still has been able to do his part. Michael King has a sub-1-5 ERA for the team. Miguel Castro has been very solid. And then you do take a look at the Blue Jays and Julian Merriweather has been a bit shaky in the early part of the season for the team. I do like what you're able to get out of guys like an Adam Simber. You're able to throw in there as well, Yimi Garcia. But you've had guys like Trevor Richards, Trent Thornton, more of the longer guys have a little bit of an issue for this team. So I'm going to be willing to take the money line here of the Yankees play it a little bit more safe. I did wind up saying this still at an 8.3 because I do think that this Blue Jays offense is going to be able to get online. So here at the 7.5 slash 7, I'm going to be taking a look at an over and one to lay right around a minus 145 here with the Yankees. 919, 920 on the bang board. You got the Houston Astros. They're going to be in the road face off against the Minnesota Twins. Joe Ryan is going to be going for the Twinkies and Justin Verlander is on the bump for Houston. Houston is finding themselves in between minus 135 and minus 145 favorites. Meanwhile, with the Twins, it's anywhere between plus 125 and plus 129 with 6 half being your total. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 and the under is anywhere between even and minus 105 and when it comes to the Astros, I did wind up saying them as a little bit of a favorite. Could only wind up making them a minus 114 favorite. Something that I have just noticed the last few years when it comes to what you're able to get out of Justin Verlander is that he doesn't wind up giving up a lot of contact. I mean, the guy has been absolutely amazing with that regard. But seemingly everything that he winds up giving up does wind up flying over the fence. As he has given up four home runs thus far this season. Only four walks as well, which is incredibly impressive. But then you take a look at Joe Ryan. Buck, 63 ERA. It's actually lower than Justin Verlander's 193. 27 and two-thirds innings. It's given up just seven walks, two home runs. And for the Houston Astros, it is a team that they're just not backed up by a great bullpen. Ryan Presley has been dealing with a couple of injuries. Should be good to go in this one. And Rafael Montero has actually been very solid. But Brian Abreu could be a little bit of a roll of the dice. He's got nearly a four ERA in them for the Twins. It's not like it's a terrific bullpen by any stretch of the imagination. But Danny Columbia has a sub-two ERA. Joe Smith has not given up a single earned run this season. I think that there's good to be progression. There's Cody Sashek is a little bit up and down as well, but certainly it's a twin team that's been good at being able to hold down the fort and take a look at this Houston Astros lineup and you just expect more out of some of these guys. Jose Altuve has come back. He has been looking relatively solid and Michael Brantley doing a good job hitting right around 275. He's been able to get on base. Jordan Alvarez is starting to get online. Eight home runs. 385 on base, but as a collective, going into Monday, hitting a 217 as a collective because you've had Elamendi's Diaz, Yoli Gurriel, a lot of these guys that typically at the bottom of the lineup keep the line moving have not been able to do so. And for the Minnesota Twins, Byron Buxton is one of the most crucial players to his respective teams in the big leagues. As he's been able to hit nine home runs this season, but is once again dealing with a couple of ailments. Seems like he probably should be able to go throughout much of this series, but it's a little bit of a question mark when it comes to what you're going to be able to get on Tuesday, which is why I do think that this Minnesota Twins line is a little bit lower. Carlos Correa, he's dealing with an injury as well, so it's probably unlikely that Correa is going to be able to come back. You're probably going to have one of these two guys I would think that Buxton is much more likely to play than what you're going to be able to get out of Carlos Correa in this series. But past these two gentlemen, Max Kepler has been able to give you a 350 on base. Luis Arias has been dealing with a couple of ailments of his own, but he's been able to do a solid job being a bit well above a 300 for this team. He's been in and out of the fold as well, though. So that has been a little bit of an issue for this team. But I do think that Joe Ryan is going to be able to do a solid job, going to be able to hold down the fort for this team. And you've even had guys like a Trevor Larnage be able to step up for this team. And with the Houston Astros just not being able to find themselves on offense, I do think that there is some good value here with the Minnesota Twins. I do think that the total should be a little bit lower. It is Minnesota in 
early May, so it's a little bit cooler, but I think we went a little bit too low with this total, especially with the way that Justin Verlander does wind up giving up a little bit of our contact, so semi-total at a 6.8 here at 6.5, I'm looking over, and when it comes to Minnesota Twins, pretty much anything above a plus 120, I was willing to take a shot here, so taking a look at the Twins, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as we go to 9.21, 9.22 on the bang board, the Walker Texas Rangers are going to be playing us to the Kansas City Royals. Brad Thunder Keller is going to be going for the Royals, and Martin Perez is going to be going for the Texas Rangers. Rangers anywhere between minus 140 and minus 136 favorites, seeing straight minus 145 out there as well. Meanwhile, plus price with the Royals. You're going to be getting them between plus 120 and plus 138 is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even minus 105, seeing straight 8.5 out there. That under is minus 120, and the over is even. I did set my total at an 8.2. All the Vegas books have an 8 right now, so at the 8, I'm willing to take a look at an over. I recognize that the Kansas City Royals have had a tough time on offense, to say the least. They are in the bottom 8 of the big leagues in pretty much every offensive category, but you have been able to have Andrew Benatendi be able to step up for the team. He's out hitting a 330. Hunter Dozier's been able to give you a trio of homers. He's hitting right around 245, so got a couple guys that are getting on base for the team. Salvador Perez still has been able to have the power in his bat. Five home runs thus far this season, the 241 on base. That's unsightly. And then you got Wood Merrifield, Carlos Santana, both hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 along with Adalberto Mondesi. Now, Carlos Santana, you just know that he's a dead bat. And they are going to be facing off against a guy in Martin Perez that I think he's going to be doing for a little bit of regression. He's won 28 innings, not given up a single home run this season. He's been able to limit the walks a little bit more, right around 2.8, 2.9 in walks per nine innings. But I don't think that it's realistic. They could continue this run that he's had the last three starts where he's won a combined 20 innings, giving up one run. He's been able to do a very solid job with that regard. And this, despite the fact that he's given up right around seven half hits per nine innings. And then you do take a look at Brad Keller and it's intriguing to take a look at him because he's always got some funky home and road splits. Last year, he had a better ERA on the road than he did at home, despite the fact that on the road, he wanted giving up four more home runs than he did at home. He's always been able to do a good job of being able to limit hard contact when he's at home. On the road, he gives up more home runs. And even though he wound up having far more walks on the road, was able to do a better job in general with regards to the ERA. Currently has a buck 74 ERA. I just don't think that this is going to be lasting too long because he does wind up giving up a lot of walks for his career. Over three walks per nine innings. And you do take a look at the Texas Rangers lineup. And certainly it did not wind up doing a lot against the New York Yankees. But I do think that they're going to be able to pick it up a little bit. Marcus Simeon just cannot continue to hit a buck 78. He's got zero home runs this season. I mean, he wound up having north of 40 by a season now. Might be a little bit of a product of being out there in Toronto with a lot of protection, but still, that's been relatively shocking. He, Brad Miller, Nick Solak, along with Cole and Willie Calhoun, only below the Mendoza line of 200 has been very, very strange. Udo Elise Garcia barely hitting above a 200, but Corey Seager has been able to ride around 235. He has been able to give the team right around four home runs this season. If you had some unlikely sources of offense, Eli White is sitting above a 300 along Jonah Heim, and then you take a look at the bullpen, and it's been performing better. They got off to a rough start of the season after about two, two and a half weeks. It was in the bottom five of the big leagues, but Joe Barlow has been able to step up. Spencer Patton being on the injured list, no question wanted hurting them, but 
they would be able to get some good performances out there. And for the Kansas City Royals, you expected this bullpen to actually be relatively solid, but they currently find themselves in the bottom five of the big leagues with regards to bullpen ERA, despite the fact that you've got Josh Shaymount, you've been able to get Scott Barlow out there as well. Jake Brents has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. That has something to do with it. Joel Yampas is something I do like for this team, but you've had Amir Garrett not necessarily do as terrific of a job as a lot of people would like to think, and I think that he's just been overrated for many, many years, but I did take a look at this spot. Royals have just been unable to get our contact, and for the Texas Rangers, it was a rough go of it for them in New York, but a lot of teams are going to have a rough go of it in New York. I'm going to lay up to a minus 150 here with the Rangers, so getting them right around a minus 130 as it currently stands in a lot of spots, I'm going to be willing to lay it, and when it comes to this total, set my total at an 8.2, so here at the 8, looking over and looking at the Rangers, 923, 924 on the main board. The Cleveland Guardians at the road faceoff against the Chicago White Sox. Lucas Chilito is going to be going for the Sox, and Cal Quantrill is going to be on the bump for the Guardians. Your total on this game is 7.5, under saying we're team minus 120, minus 130, the over is anywhere between plus 110 and even money. If you're looking at the Southsiders, it's anywhere between minus 174, minus 190, and then for the Guardians, it's anywhere between plus 160, seeing a plus 171 pop up on the board right now, and I was willing to take anything north of a plus 150 here with the Guardians, set it at a plus 148 officially, so I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Cal Quantrill. Ever since the All-Star break last season, he's had a sub-3-5 ERA and has really been solid for the team. Has given up just one home run in 28 innings. Walks are a little bit high. Right around 4.5-ish walks for 9 innings. Does need to tame that down a little bit more, and Cal Quantrill throughout his career has been a little bit more of a pitcher that has excelled at home. Last year, wound up having a 375 road ERA, but even with a 375 road ERA, that's not too bad. And this year, he's just been the victim of a little bit of bad defense. He's given up a couple unearned runs, and then you do take a look at Lucas Giolito on the other side, and walks have always been a little bit of a bugaboo with him, and thus far this season, a walks in 19 and two-thirds innings. That is a little bit of a worry spot, and he has given up a combined four home runs in his last two games. So, you take a look at him ever since coming off the injured list, and it's been a little bit up and down, so and it's something that you do want to be taking note of now. It does seem as though the Chicago White Sox bullpen is starting to be able to find it. Once again, Liam Hendricks was dealing with a little bit of an injury. Kendall Graveman has been solved for this team. You've had Ryan Burr be able to come in in some spots. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. And then you do take a look at the Guardians. And I absolutely love what you're able to get out of Emmanuel Classe. He's one of the best closers that you're able to find in the big leagues going to Monday. Trevor Stevens, I believe, wound up having a buck 50 ERA. Brian Shaw, a sub 2 ERA. It's been a little bit more of a rough go of it for guys like Anthony Go. Nick Sandlin, but still a relatively solid open. And then you take a look at the Cleveland Guardians, and this team has been able to do a great job of being able to put back to ball. Going into Monday, you wound up having a lot of guys now rating above a 300 in Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, Owen Miller, and then Steven Kwan with Ramirez leading the league with 30 RBI going into Monday. Miles Straw, his seven solo bases. I believe that that is the top of the big leagues with a 365 on base. So the Guardians have actually been able to put it together on offense. So they got a little bit of a petrid start out of Zach Lezak yesterday as well. And for the Chicago White Sox, this is a team that's getting online. Going into Monday, they were riding a five-game win streak and Tim Anderson has really been the star that's been able to serve the drink for this team, hitting above a 300 for a team that really had been struggling aside from Luis Robert, who wound up going into Monday hitting right around a 
275-ish, and Gavin Sheets being able to get a nice home run on Monday, that should be able to get him going a little bit, and you need it because Lurie Garcia, Reese McGuire, A.J. Pollock, Yasmani Grandal, all of these guys in a 200 or lower has been a little bit rough, but getting back you on Moncada is big because they're still dealing with that Eloy Jimenez injury as well, but that said, I do think the Cal Quantrill going to come in, going to be able to hold down the fort for a Guardian team that I think that they're going to be right around 500-ish for the season, and when it comes to this White Sox team, they always do a better job of fitting lefties and righties. Cal Quantrill being a righty does cause for a little bit of an adjustment here, so I think north of plus 150, I was willing to take a shot here on the Guardians, so good to be riding with that. Do you mind I'm saying my total at any point too? Guardians have been able to do a solid job on offense, and the White Sox are starting to come around as well, so I'm looking over, and I'm going to be looking at the Guardians in this spot. 925-926 is going to be the DK Nation pick, as if you have the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're going to be in the road face-off game, the LA Angels. Reed Detmers is going to be going for the Halos. And you've got one, Cody Kaluber, who's going to be on the bump for the Rays. The Rays are finding themselves as a very slight favorite. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Angels, find them as good as a minus 101, as bad as a minus 105. And total on this game is 8. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over, under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And DK Nation pick is going to be on the Tampa Bay Rays. I like what I've seen out of Corey Kluber this year. And while he's with the Yankees last season, it's not like he was Cy Young Corey Kluber, but still he was relatively solid. The one thing that wound up hurting him was injuries. And Corey Kluber this year has been pretty darn solid. 26 and two-thirds innings across his five starts. He has won at least five innings in each out of his last four. And he's done a nice job of holding down the four. Two walks surrendered in his last four starts. That was actually a little bit of an issue for him last season. He's given up two home runs in 26 and two-thirds innings. He's getting right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. And in his two starts on the road, it's allowed a combined two runs. So I've been very impressed there. Meanwhile, with Reed Detmers, he is going to be a good pitcher in like two, three years. He's 22 years old, and I feel like he's just not really ready for the big leagues, giving up 13 runs in his starts. He's had one start in which he has not given up multiple runs. He has not went past a fifth inning in any of his starts this season. And I think for his career, out of his 10 starts, he's went past a fifth inning once. So that is an issue. He's given up for his career right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is not overly bad. It is three and a half, but still, and that's for his career. This year, it's closer to three, but... It is a case of which he's probably not going to be able to lend a lot of length. And then the Angels have to dive into a bullpen, which they've got a couple trustworthy guys. Ryan Tapera, Aaron Loop, Rossi Iglesias. These guys are solid, but then the drop-off from those guys to the rest of these guys like Oliver Ortega, Elvis Piguera, guys like that. It is quite stark. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they're always able to do a good job of being able to mix and match with their bullpen. Guys like Andrew Kitcher, J.P. Fireisen have been tremendous for the scene. Ryan Thompson has been able to give you some good innings. They did wind up having to use a little bit of a bullpen game yesterday, so they're going to need to get a little bit of length out of Corey Kluber, but I do think that they're going to be able to do so. And all of a sudden, the Tampa Bay Rays have been able to come alive with their offense. You take a look at G-Man Choi, Manuel Margot, along with Wander Franco, all these guys entered into Monday, hitting at least a 300 for the team, and even on top of that, you take a look at the power that you've been able to get out of Brandon Lau, who hasn't been able to hit for average, but has been able to give the team five home runs. Randy Orozarena was able to find it in that series against the Seattle Mariners. He's coming online, so that is big, and for the LA Angels, we were talking about it with Steve Gardner. 
The guy's not named Jordan Otani have actually been quite solid. And Otani, I mean, four home runs, 235 batting average. It's not like he's been hot garbage or anything like that, but he certainly is not the guy that we wound up seeing a season ago. Mike Trout has been tremendous. He's got like a north of 425 on base, six home runs, 307 batting average, but it's the ancillary pieces like Jack Mayfield, Brandon Marsh hitting right around at 240, 250, Tyler Wade being able to give you some good pop. Part of the reason why I do like the Rays in this spot is that Taylor Ward is dealing with an injury. Could wind up pinch hitting, but he wound up not being in the starting lineup yesterday as went a little bit cold with the bat as he's currently hitting a 364 with six home runs. He's been a big cog for what the LA Angels have been able to do. So I do take a look at this spot. And I think that Detmer's just a little bit outgunned. I think that he's getting a little bit too much respect for what the Angels themselves are doing. So I'm going to ride with the Tampa Bay Rays who entered into Monday being really one of your best road teams in the big leagues, nine and four was a record entering into Monday. So I'm going to take a shot here on the Tampa Bay Rays uh, right around a pick-a-mish price. Wound up setting them as minus 128 favorite DK Nation pick is going to be on the Rays. I do think that the Angels are going to be able to put bat to ball, and I certainly think that the Rays are going to be able to hit up Detmers and pretty solidly. So I did wind up setting my total at an 8.8 as well. So we're looking over and the DK Nation pick on the Tampa Bay Rays. 927, 928 on the bang board. The Atlanta Braves are going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. Garrett Whitlock is going to be going for the Sox, and Kyle Wright is on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta's find themselves in between minus 130 and minus 132 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Boston, you're going to be getting them between plus 110 and plus 122. 7.5 to 8 is your total on the 8. Under is minus 120. The over is even on the 7.5. Over is minus 120, and the under is even. And with the Atlanta Braves, want up sending them as a minus 146 favorite. Want up talking about this with Steve as well. The fact that I really like both of these young up-and-coming starters. Garrett Woodlock as a sub-2 ERA. He was a multi-inning guy in the bullpen of the Boston Red Sox. He has now become a rock-solid starter for the Boston Red Sox. He wound up being able to finally be able to go five innings in his last start against the LA Angels, and he is still getting stretched out a little bit. So I don't think that he's really going to be able to exceed five innings in the start, and that's going to be a little bit of a downfall because Kyle Wright has won at least six innings in now four out of his five starts this year, and the guy has been lights out. 31 innings, 37 punch outs, just seven walks. Someone who was really looked at prior to the playoffs last season as a little bit of a buster Rooney. I remember I was actually doing weekends for the official flagship station of Vanderbilt Athletics. Kyle Wright was an up-and-comer when I was out there, and there was a lot of buzz around him. He wasn't able to put it together the last few years, but this year he has really been able to show why he was so good out there in college. So you give him a lot of credit for being able to come to the forefront, and you do take a look at this brave team, and now they're hitting 226 as a collective. We've seen a lot of guys falter a little bit more with their batting average. Marcel Zuna sitting at 215 has been able to give the team four home runs, but that's been a little bit of an issue. Power has been there for the Braves. They're one of the top teams with regards to home runs in all baseball with Ozzie Albies and Austin Riley entering into this with 13 home runs, 27 RBI between the two of them at Olsen. 380 on base. He's been able to do his part in Travis Arrow. No, he's hitting a 300 as well, but I mean, whatever Eddie Rosario has been out there, and it looks like he's going to be out for quite a while. It has just been very much a hot mess for him, in which he's dealing with that eye injury. Travis Semright has been able to come in. He's been able to hold down the Fort Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back, though. That should be able to give some nice reinforcements. And then for the Boston Red Sox, it's been a shockingly bad lineup. I mean, we were talking about it with Steve. The fact that this has been the biggest disappointment in all baseball. I know that a lot of people like their win total in the mid 80s under, but I didn't think that we would see them be pretty much dead last in the division right now with Rafael Devers 
really being the main form of offense for the team. He's hitting a 308. He last year had 35 home runs. He's done his part. And Xander Bogarts has legitimately been terrific at getting on base. 393 on base, 343 batting average. Obviously, this is not the fault of he or even J.D. Martinez, who's hitting a 295. But, I mean, you've got Kike Hernandez, Trevor Story, Jackie Bradley Jr., Bobby Dahlbeck, Christian Arroyo, all these guys hitting a 215 or lower. You expect it from Jackie Bradley Jr. He's out there for his glove and nothing else, but they pretty much traded him and Hunter Renfro in the offseason. And, I mean, I wasn't necessarily bullish on Renfro, but he's better than Jackie Bradley Jr. So, as an issue, and with the Red Sox having to use Garrett Whitlock as a starter rather than out of the bullpen, the bullpen has suffered as well. Austin Davis is now one of your more trustworthy guys. Cutter Crawford has had to come in in long relief, and he's gotten north of a 10 ERA. He has been terrible. Tanner Houck, they used him as a starter, then out of the bullpen, now back as a starter. That's a hot mess for this team. And so Robles is someone I do like for this team as well, but he's only one guy that can only give you one inning, and for the Atlanta Braves, it's still a relatively solid bullpen. You sometimes will have that good old Kenley Jansen blow up if if you wind up having the run line, he'll take a two-run lead and he'll turn it into a run run, one-run lead at the drop of a hat. But you still have A.J. Minter, Tyler Madzik doing a solid job and a little bit of off here with Kyle McHugh with north of a 5 ERA. But Darren O'Day is able to give you some good innings. So Tyler Thornburg has actually been able to do a solid job as well. So I'm willing to lay up to a minus 146 here with the Atlanta Braves. Seems like they were able to get online with the back half of that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And we're seeing some 8s coming onto the board. The opening number on this game was 8. Currently at Circa, I'm seeing an 8 with minus 115 juice. I set my total at a 7.8. I would rather have the 8 at minus 115 juice I'm seeing at Circa right now rather than the 7.5 at minus 120 juice over as I set the total at 7.8. So looking at an 8 under and I'm going to be taking a look at the Atlanta Braves. 929, 930 on the bang board. Got a tricky one here as you've got the St. Louis Cardinals playing against the Orioles but this game is off the board. Right now the hope is that Adam Wainwright can get off the COVID IL and start for this one but We've got no idea if that's going to be the case or not. Meanwhile, for the Baltimore Orioles, we do know that Kyle Bradish is going to be going for them. No numbers up on this game because, well, there's Wainwright or a bullpen game. That is to be determined. And if it does wind up being Wayno, I did wind up saying the St. Louis Cardinals at a minus 223 in this spot. If it winds up being a bullpen game, you got to think that someone like a Jake Woodford who wanted last pitching on Saturday and has served in a little bit of a starter role. He might see some innings pack. He not knew on pitching for the Angels last season. He last pitched on Saturday. He winds up seeing some innings, and you just try to piecemeal this thing together. If it would be the bullpen game of the Cardinals, I probably shade it down 35, maybe 40 cents in the spot to more like a minus 180, minus 185-ish, depending upon what they wind up doing. Maybe the Cardinals wind up sending someone up from the minor leagues to be able to get the start. So a little bit TBD there. If it is Adam Wainwright, willing to set them as a minus 223 favorite. Got to keep it a little bit more brief because we don't know if he winds up getting it or not. But with that said, if it is Adam Wainwright, it has been a little bit of an up and down season for him. But I do think that old Uncle Charlie, if he does wind up being able to get the start here, he is going to be able to find it as Wainwright this year, 318 ERA, wound up having a rough first few starts of the season. We saw a little bit of it last few seasons in general, but last start against the Kansas City Royals, Dominant. One it allowed in seven innings. And for that matter, his last two starts has given up a combined three runs. Just wound up having a couple blow-up starts towards the beginning part of the season. But now he's been able to find it a little bit more. The walks were hurting him quite a bit towards the beginning part of the season. 
Now he's been able to lock it in as he's got 13 walks and 34 innings, but many of them came in his first couple starts of the season. Then you take a look at Bradish on the other side for the Orioles. Was relatively solid at the minor league level. Not a guy that's going to blow you away with strikeouts, and that's being shown thus far. Five punch-outs in 10 innings has given up two home runs, but does a good job of not necessarily hurting himself, giving the team a chance. So that is something that is going to be helpful for the Baltimore Orioles. One thing with the Orioles, though, is that they did wind up playing a double dip with the Kansas City Royals on Sunday. On Monday, they wound up having to come back and had to play another game. So this is a little bit of a depleted bullpen. Felix Bautista, Paul Fry, Ore Lopez all threw at least 15 pitches yesterday. But what you do like about the Orioles with regards to their last few games is that the offense has finally gotten online. Ryan Mountcastle, Train Boom Boom Mancini. Both of these guys hitting between a 275 to a 280. Austin the Say's kid. He's hitting a 325, 400 on base. Cedric Mullins, who was one of the best hitters in all the big leagues last season. He's up to a 240 after about a week ago. He was hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. Now, you saw Rodan Odor along with Anthony Bemboom, Ore Mateo, so many guys that have not necessarily been able to do a great job with the bat. And I will say, for Mateo, he's hitting a 242, but see these guys are hitting a 205 or lower. It's been a little bit rough there, but I do think that the Orioles are starting to find it a little bit more with offense, but with the Cardinals, this is also a very good bullpen. They've had two bad games. They wound up having the game on Saturday against the San Francisco Giants because, well, you wound up having Steven Matz just deliver a completed utter stink burger in that game. And then you wind up having the blow up against the Mets, but that said, still a top 10 team with regards to bullpen ERA. Even if it would be a bullpen game, I would still set the Cardinals as a sizable favorite. Like I said, would probably be closer to a minus 180, minus 185-ish, depending upon how that winds up looking at Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos. These guys have been relatively solid. TJ McFarlane last year was good. This year, it's been running into a little bit of issues, but even Andre Palanti, who has been able to give you 14 innings and 9 appearances. He's given up 2 runs. He's been rock solid for this team. So right now, if it is Adam Wainwright, we'll to lay up to about a minus 120 on the run line. And if it is Wainwright, 7 or less looking over, 7.5 prior to the under. If it would be a bullpen game, 7.5 or less, I'd be taking a look at the over. So I would be willing to move up that half a run, and I'd probably make about a 40 or so cent adjustment on the Cardinals. As we do wrap things up with 9.31, 9.32 on the bang board. The Seattle Mariners are going to be playing us to the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phils, and Robbie Ray is going to be going for the Mariners. A relative pick'em game here with the Phillies, a very slight favorite. You're finding them anywhere between minus 112 and minus 120. Meanwhile, you're finding as bad as even money, as good as a plus 107 on the Seattle Mariners with seven-year total unders anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125 overs anywhere between even and plus 105 with Seattle. I did wind up setting them as a minus 134 favorite. Aaron Nola just throughout his career about 1.2 points higher on his ERA when he's on the road rather than at home. That is a pretty big split there. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, it's been a rough state of affairs for the team going into Monday. 12 and 16 overall, so that has been a little bit of a hot mess with a 3 and 7 road record. You do take a look at this lineup, and Didi Gregorius is currently out of it. He's on the 10 day injured list, so that means that you're having to give starts to guys like a Bryson Scott at shortstop, which that's not necessarily too ideal. And when it comes to this Phillies team, you do have a couple guys that are able to get on base. Alec Bohm, Yohan Camargo, Gene Segura towards the bottom of the lineup. These guys have been nice finds for them, but Reese Hoskins is hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Kyle Schwarber, seven home runs has been solid, but he's only hitting at 211 himself. Bryce Harper has been a little bit up and down. He's starting to find it, and Nick Castellanos hitting at 295 is nice, but you take a look at the Mariners, who last year, they pretty much had the worst batting average out there in the league, and they're starting to find it as Ty France, 22 RBI, 320 batting average, Going into Monday, he has been solid for this team. 
after a really rough start to the season. Uyo Rodriguez hitting at 235, and he's actually the league leader in stolen bases. So Miles Straw is up because he's got 10 stolen bases going into Monday. It's been absolutely terrific with that regard. Now, some of these guys at the bottom of the lineup, Lewis Torrens, you're able to throw in there, Jared Kelnick, Kel Raleigh, these guys hitting below the middle line of 200, even Jesse Winker has been a little bit of an issue, and you do need a little bit more batting average out of Eugenio Suarez. I feel like we say that time and time again, and for the Mariners, the bullpen has not necessarily been as great this year as it was last year. Drew Seckenrider has been giving up a couple more runs than you'd like to see, but with that said, you still have quite a few guys like an Eric Swanson who's got a sub-1 ERA. He has been able to do a terrific job for this team. You've been able to get some good innings out of Anthony Machevich along with Wyatt Mills, and for the Phillies, this is really a bottom-five team with regards to bullpen ERA. You wind up signing Brad Ann, Corey Knable, Jurisic Familia in the offseason, and it just hasn't done a lot of good for this team because you still have guys like a James Norwood who's posting up a 9 ERA right now. Barely Falter has not been good whenever he's been given opportunities. So you've also had guys like a Nick Nelson having to hold things down. They wound up having to use Christopher Sanchez in sort of a bullpen game on Sunday. That has residual effects on this as well. And Aaron Nola just throughout his career has proven that he's not necessarily so great on the road. So do you mind saying my total is 7.2? I think that Robbie Ray is going to be able to come out and he's going to be able to do solid, but he is a little bit prone to the deep ball. Even last season, when he wound up picking up his Cy Young award, he did wind up allowing right around 1.5-ish home runs per nine innings. Aaron Nola this season, he's allowed six home runs in 34 and two-thirds innings, so you've got quite a bit of hard contact there. And for Robbie Ray, been a little bit rough for him. Last few starts, giving up three plus runs in three out of his last five starts and at least two in every one of them as well, but still have a lot more faith in E rather than Aaron Nolan. I mean, the good news for Robbie Ray, only one home run allowed in his last four starts. The walks are a little bit up from last season, 13 walks and 37 innings, but still much better than they were just two seasons ago. So I'm willing to stick my faith here in the Seattle Mariners, set them more around a minus 130. So we'll take the Mariners and looking at the over, and that will wrap things up for the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. A big thanks to Steve Gardner of USA Today for joining me in the second segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, want to have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast five that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.